Hey, all you survival nerds. This is You're Gonna Die Out There. Welcome back, Nature Nerds, to episode 14. And if you're a new listener, we're going to do some updates and announcements, a little science news, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to get right into the story. Yep. So any updates, Megan? So yeah, I do have an update from our last story, if you remember, Timothy Treadwell, uh, Grizzly Man. I do remember Timothy Treadwell. Well, yeah, he actually did go to Alaska in like the late 80s, early 90s or something like that. Okay. And saw the bears. That is what inspired him to love them. Remember, I was like, oh, they don't talk about it at all. And then I found this article and I was like, damn it. Okay. This is why we got to, I got to do better research. Not, not you, me. I'm, I'm always like last minute researchy. Yeah, no, that's good. So that's, that was the connection. That was a connection. When he was depressed and getting off the drugs. Yeah. That was what brought him. He happened to go to Alaska. Okay. I don't know why he went to Alaska, but he did and he well, saw the bears. I feel like Alaska is could be very helpful for clearing heads. Sure. Nature. And yeah. Be just being in nature kind of changes your perspective on things. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So that's the only thing I really have to update on that story. Yeah. It was a great story. Was... I still haven't watched the documentary. Well, I still have to watch week. Saturday the 14th. So. Yeah, we got some catching up to do. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of uh, TV time. Yeah, which I never have. Because if I ever sit down and watch TV, I just pass out. Just don't sleep, Jen. That's probably. That yeah. would be good. That's That seems like the best course of action <laughs> at this point in our lives. <laughs> really? Who needs it? Yeah. So do you have anything for our last episode? Anything you want to share? Anything like that? No, I'm good. I feel like we... That was great. Everything was covered. Um, but we do have some announcements. Oh, we do, yes. We've been posting this week up on our Instagram. If you're not mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. on our Instagram or following, please go follow so you can check it out. But you can also go to our website to check out um, that we started a Patreon. Yeah, and we have a whole new web page, like its own little page. Yeah. yeah, and it's real fun. And so please go check it out. And we have a little uh, recording on there so you mm-hmm. can listen to it and see you what it's all about. We also have a giveaway and contest going right now. Yes. Which we're going to be extending for one more month because we know that you really want to take time to craft those reviews. Oh, I, yeah. We get it. Yeah. We both have done so, a lot of writing in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important to make sure that you use the, the right word. Maybe like throw a little haiku in there. Defi- oh, definitely. Bonus sticker for anyone who makes a review into a haiku. <laughs> I freaking will love that. That would be amazing. Yeah. So we're going to we're gonna extend that one a little bit. So we'll update that. Um, but we do have a um, recording that you can listen to. Oh, oh, I did. We have one patron, Jen. We one do have a patron. patron. So thank you very much, uh, Mr. Scott Haller. Thank you so much for being a patron. We appreciate that. And uh, we hope that you enjoyed the old Greg episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are there any other announcements? If those are, are those the only other than you might hear our kids in the background because they're loud. They're super loud and they're all here. So sorry. 
We took. We put up so many blankets, and there's like pillows under the doors. It's we, just it, not. It, it's not helping. It's not helping. I don't think we do. I just want to hear what's new in science this week. I didn't have a yes. chance to look. This is kind of a cute story. Well, maybe it's a little bit weird. I don't know. Okay. So the the title of this, I did find it on, there's a website called Science News. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the one I always look at. Science News or Science Daily. Oh, well, shit. I may have seen it already. (laughs) I thought I I was like, wow, this is way too on the head. Is that how you say that? On the head? I don't know. But we follow them on Twitter. Oh, well, shit. I knew that. Anyway. All right. So this is about uh, bunny rabbits. Okay. There's a gene defect. Wait, because it's almost Easter. It's almost Easter. The real Easter. The real Easter. Yeah. The real Easter. Not the one you invented. Yeah. Earlier this month. (laughs) Well, that's just the pre- Pre, pre-Easter. It's like pre-party. Right. You know, when you would go hang out at your friend's house, drink a little bit before you go to the actual party. Right. That's just what we did. Right. Little, without the drinking. Minus the drinking. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, there's a gene defect in some rabbits that cause them to do handstands instead of hop. What? That <laughs> yeah. is so cute. It's cute, but, but like kind of sad for them because so I guess it happens when they're moving quickly, when they're trying mm-hmm. to like really hop away. Mm-hmm. So if they're just kind of like regular hopping, like slow business. Have you ever seen rabbits kind of walk around? They're just kind of yeah, like yeah, creepy, yeah. whatever. Not creepy in a weird way, but they just creep along. Yeah. Uh, but if they're trying to hop quickly, there are some rabbits. Yeah, this gene defect makes them do handstands. And I don't know if they then run Wait, on their Do they hands. like flip over? No, they just, I'm going to show you a little, I'll show you a little picture here. Okay. They just do. Oh, weird. That seems like that might not be so helpful when you're trying to get away from predator. predator? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And also, how is it possible that this gene defect is still around? Because those would be the first things if I were a predator, I'd be like, well, needing that handstand bunny right now. (laughs) Exactly. So you would think that that would be, yeah, that would be... Mm -hmm evolved out well it's because they're domesticated rabbits that have it oh yeah so there's bread the breeding issue Mm -hmm. and the gene defect Mm -hmm. got it and and these rabbits are called oh my god i'm gonna f this up real bad because it's do it it's it's french oh satur de (laughs) afford that sounded perfect i don't know why i'm very good at the (laughs) front that's so good my god i've just offended every french listener (laughs) I think we actually have had someone in France listen. Really? I definitely know Ireland is on there in Germany. I'm almost 100% positive there's at least one IP address coming from France. Well, <laughs> like and I'm they're stalker, like, but... wrong, wrong, wrong. wrong. Yeah. You freaking suck. Yeah. But they say it in French. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, man. <laughs> so missed. But I guess, okay, so in I'm just going to read this. Uh, those particular rabbits, I won't say the name again. I won't do that to anyone. Uh, they're not the only animal to adopt an, a, quote, odd scamper. They go into things about mutations of genes and mm-hmm. genetics, and I'm not super great with that. But apparently there are some mice who also have this genetic issue and will, when they're running away, do handstands. I just am wondering... When they get up on the handstand position, do they then like scamper with their front feet? That's so cute. Like a gymnast? Right. Just like... Or, blah, like, blah, blah, those, blah. or like train dogs and shows how they can like yes. run on their front feet. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you're going to train Pika to do, right? Totally. Because she's so freaking cute. Yeah. I would pay to watch that. I will never have time to do that. I can give her to somebody to train for me. So this there, there's kind of this fun quote from this lady, Stephanie Koch. Cock. Fuck. I don't know. <laughs> Coach? 
How do you say that? <laughs> Koch. I'm gonna. Shit. You should have <laughs> probably looked that up. I should have. Well, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> she's a neuroscientist at a university college in London. Um, so she's not involved with the rabbit work, but she was involved with the mice work. Yeah. And she just says, I spent four years looking at these mice doing little handstands, and now I get to see a rabbit do the same handstand. It's amazing. Imagine that's your job. Right? You just watch mice do handstands all day. And then you're like, now nah, I'm going to watch a rabbit do it. And I get paid for this. Yeah. Anyway. That's pretty cool. That's very um, Easter relevant. It is. I, I mean, I guess kind of the take home message at the end is that studying these uh, genetic issues, mm-hmm. that's the word I'm looking for, I don't know. It helps uh, researchers who are doing research uh, learning more about how the spinal cord works. Cool. I had a bunny once when I lived in Seattle during mm-hmm. those times when I worked at the video store. Uh-huh. And my boss was like, hey, we found this bunny just like running around and seattle just random can you take it i was like nope and he's like can you please take it and i was like okay (laughs) and then she ate my she was awesome though she was pretty funny Mm -hmm. but she ate my phone cord you know i had the big like (laughs) the the big wireless and i had just gotten it it was really fancy with the with, with the, the antenna like, that you pull out yes yeah i can see it already yeah. mm-hmm. like for when you were doing like stock trading yes bye bye sell sell <laughs> and she i had like the cord you know on the floor mm-hmm. like normal plugging it in and she she ate it rabbits eat cords that's a thing and i was super bummed it was um, like the fanciest phone i ever had in my life i had one experience with a rabbit where we found it out to, i was in college my roommate claire uh, we found a rabbit outside and we brought that rabbit inside and we mm. were like, oh, what do we feed it? We fed it bread because I don't know. I, I was in ecology I mean, at the time. What the hell was wrong with me that like, I was like, let's feed this rabbit bread? You would just bread. know like lettuce, carrots. I mean, that's what normally people would think of. We didn't have that stuff in the house. And we were like, we have to feed him something. And I was like, let's just feed him bread. Peanut butter jelly. <laughs> Peanut butter. Let's get some mac and cheese down here. <laughs> Listen, we only have spaghetti, <laughs> no <laughs> sauce. <laughs> Green Good, right? Yeah, so we fed him bread. I don't even know if it was he in died her. instantly. <laughs> well, we had this other, we had a cat, uh, Expo. Her uh-huh. cat was, a, and the cat was like watching us feed this bunny and was like, whoa, this is crazy. It was a huge bunny. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cat ended up also trying to eat bread, I guess, I don't know, out of like some kind of weird... Like, I also want to be like this bunny. Anyway, we brought the bunny inside and it peed on my bed and the pee was orange. And super stink. And super stink. And yeah. I was like, put that bunny outside. <laughs> I don't bunny want the fuck it out. anymore. <laughs> and then I reported it to the uh, the apartment complex to just be like, hey, someone lost their pet bunny. Hey, there's a bunny out here. I don't know whose bunny <laughs> it is. They're like, why does it have like bread? Like, why is it really into bread? Like, I don't know. Yeah. All different kinds of bread. That's just, what you would give to like, I mean, I could see like feeding ducks outside. <laughs> it's just the most random. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like we ate out a lot. We always went to Waffle there are House. No, and listen, there are no college students that have vegetables in their house. Oh, yeah. No, no. That doesn't happen. I'm pretty sure I had like a giant Gatorade in my fridge. Yes. <laughs> and then on my counter, like some, I don't know, some old popcorn or something. And that was about it. Oh, yeah, definitely popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> who needed food yeah absolutely waffle house was our our go-to it's amazing because we we're like so well, i mean i i was so poor back then but oh, yeah. i ate out all, all the, time. the time 
And we would go, we would study at Denny's mm-hmm. and we'd stay there like all night studying because sleep, who needs it? And I would always order the moons over my hammy. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, how was I not 400 pounds either? <laughs> right? I don't know what happened. Like I ate the it's stupidest true. shit back then. It's true though, because you're staying up all night. Your cortisol levels are super high because you're stressed out. Yes. You're not, you know, you don't have a normal rhythm. You're eating all sorts of shit. And somehow I lost 15 pounds my first year in college. <laughs> I don't know. It was like. Yeah. I don't know how. If I ate like that now, it would be. Oh. It'd be bad We would news. definitely be on my 600 pound life. Dr. Yeah. Z or what you need to do is you need to eat better this week. <laughs> now you gain weight. And if you cannot lose it, you're not going to get your surgery. So you need to go and you need to stop and then come back. I love what he says to the person who comes with that other person. Like at you, you're enabling this. You're making it worse. And that person's like, what are you talking about? But I love how he's in there for like five minutes. Yeah. But he says everything that needs to be said. Oh, all the things. He's awesome. It's true. He helps a lot of people. Name? Dr. G. No, it's like a Z or a V or something. Can mm. you look it up? Oh, Dr. Now. Yeah, Dr. Now. Because he's Nalzaradan. Nalzaradan, right. right? Yeah, Dr. I, now. He's Dr. Now, it's not Dr. Z or wow. V or whatever. I've seen like so many, honestly, I've seen, just watched back-to-back episodes of that. I like it if they're doing well, but if they just keep falling back into it i get right. a little like okay which is also how i feel about the show hoarders which yeah maybe we'll have an episode about some hoarding soon oh yeah oh. thank you for that science news you that was pretty welcome. fun yeah i'm ready for easter i made the kids easter baskets the other day when they were at my mom's and they're super cute I'm excited to see some photos of some Easter stuff. They have Easter dresses that they chose. They wanted them. I was like, cool, cool. Man, you know, having a boy is so different. It's like I go through the girl section and I've never been like a girly girl. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just want to when he was little and he would dress up in those Cinderella outfits at preschool. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, let's do this. (laughs) <laughs> be into dresses <laughs> and then he got older and he's like i don't want to wear a dress and i was like oh yeah fine. but you can i'm, all, I'm always fine. like but you Put can have shorts and t-shirt yeah yeah girl stuff is pretty cute but my older one's getting to where she's not into it so much she's like i don't want to dress but my little one's still she's still there i love it yeah anyway yeah easter is coming up i had uh to pack all their chocolate and refrain from eating any which was kind of rough so. Oh, man, I feel you. The mom tax is like a real thing. Yep, it is. If there's nothing else, I can, I'll get to my a story. Get right into it. Okay, let's do this. I'm stoked. I have absolutely no idea what you're going to talk about today. Oh, I didn't tell you? You did not. Oh. You did not. Wow. So, well, you're in for a treat. I'm sitting here on the edge of my seat, literally. And this is one that normally we, we kind of we kind of have like ones we talk about or, you know, we have kind of like a list of like, oh, yeah, one of these times we'll talk about this. We'll talk. But this one is not. And I, I do that. Like I have all these ideas mm-hmm. and then I'll see something or read something and then it takes me in this whole different direction. And that's what happened with this one. I was actually because the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about people who have kind of obsessive compulsive issues with certain animals we talked about the chimpanzee then we talked about the grizzly bears and so i wanted to do something totally different and so i'm going back to a survival story oh fun but this it's um a survival story from world war ii oh cool i know that you really like history i love history 
I love the History Channel. I love everything. You know, I just think it's all so interesting. Mm -hmm. But my problem is, is I never remember stuff. So, I mean, I'll remember little bits, but I'm not one of those people that really retains a lot of information. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll watch something and then I kind of forget. But the World War II stuff, it feels closer because it's happened. You know, our grandparents were there. Mm -hmm. Our parents, you know, heard from their parents. It just, it's, it feels more current i guess maybe something we can we can relate to a little bit sure i also have a lot of books in my audible collection that are historic novels so based on Mm -hmm. true events but maybe you know um and i love them so much you know i'm not like a huge fan of history but i do like historic novels uh Mm -hmm. set in the victorian age yeah that's kind of it for me (laughs) do you remember the show biography and this is biography yes that show was great Oh, man, I watched I that all completely the Completely forgot time. about that show. Yeah. yeah, but now it's so much. But it was kind of back in the day when they were first kind of putting that on TV, mm-hmm. and now you know it's all there's stuff like that all the time. But anyway, I'm rambling. I mean, the kind of history I like, Jen, is drunk history. Oh, I'll yeah. watch every episode of that show. I haven't watched that before. Jesus, we, you better watch it. Why? What is it? <laughs> it's so good. Drunk history. Yeah. Have I watched that? It's basically where they usually they have comedians. They probably learn a story, mm-hmm. and then um, the host—I forget his name—they get drunk together, and then the comedian or whoever the guest is tells the story of this like historical figure, and then they have people act out the telling of the story. So like when someone, you know, like when we talk about, oh, this is how it happened. And he was Mm -hmm. probably like, yeah, get the fuck, whatever. You know, they will act out exactly the wording and mannerisms. Oh, weird. It's so freaking hilarious. No, I haven't seen that. You have to watch it. Okay, I'll watch it. Okay. But anyway. It's on Hulu. Okay. (laughs) That's good to know. They're not sponsoring us yet. Hulu, sponsor us. I'm going to give a little background because we may have some younger listeners or people who aren't that much into history, and I'm just going to set the stage here, okay, Mm. because I like talking about it, but everybody needs to just listen up. I'm listening. Don't zone out. Just listen. So we're going to talk about World War II. Just a little background of what led to World War II is World War I, (laughs) which was from 1914, ended November 11, 1918. And during that, there was, um, they had a peace treaty. The Mm -hmm. the Treaty of Versailles was signed. Yes. Okay. We know that. that. I remember World War I, when I took history was like the war that had the trenches in it it was just real shitty it was super shitty and there was this documentary i watched on one of the flights between guam and it's there's that's a really long ass flight so you watch like 35 movies when you're flying but there was one that was recent the last couple before pandemic stuff when we were still flying it might have been the last flight we went to omaha anyway Mm -hmm. i watched a documentary that was all this footage from World War One, and they colorized it. Oh, God. All of it. I mean, it must have taken forever. And it made it kind of, you were like, oh, wow, those are real people. And those things really happened. Yes. And it just, it was a lot. It kind of wore me out watching it because you could see how shitty it was. Yes. Yeah, I have mixed emotions about um, colorized photos uh, because all of a sudden, you know, it's like before you would see it and you're like oh that's history mm-hmm. but then once they colorize it it seems so modern yeah even though you knew before they were it, there's something about that well I they know added the color and they added sound oh god like it right brings there. it home yeah mm-hmm. yeah that was anyway that was super interesting but my grand my great-grandfather who i knew because he was super old when i was little but 
he was in World War One and he had a medal and stuff like that. So anyway, that was World War One. I'm sure, you know, if you don't know, let me tell you that Germany didn't win. <laughs> the Allies, so Germany was on the losing side, the Allies won. But there in that treaty, there was some restrictions that were placed on on Germany. They had to give away some of their territories to neighboring countries. The other territories were given uh, to other people, the super other countries as supervised like international supervision. Mm-hmm. They were stripped of their overseas colonies um, and their military capabilities were restricted. So this was all under the treaty. And this was like, you guys must do this. They also had to pay war reparations to the allied countries. You know, Germany was in a lot of, you know, they were pretty down during that time. And I'm going to kind of go through a timeline, mm-hmm. just a little timeline through history. Because so that was in 19. 19- 18 to 1920 kind of those things were getting signed and the war ended in 18 and then the treaty and paris peace conference when all that kind of stuff happened Mm -hmm. so adolf hitler we all know that jackass he became the leader of the national socialist nazi party in july Mm. 1921 the stock market crashed in october 1929 he entered the scene in 21 and there was a lot of things that kind of happened that he did and there was a time like he they tried to push the nazi party forward but they got arrested and they kind of thought he was done with at that point but he Mm -hmm. freaking came back anyway so 29 stock market had a big effect on the world and in september 1930 the germans elected the nazi party making it the second largest political party in germany because they're really hurting the country Mm -hmm. You know, and so they feel like they need something. And, you know, that's that's what came up. So and they decided not to elect a woman president. I get it. Yeah. Well, they have one now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's um, true. Jen. So history does not repeat itself always. Burn. So Adolf Hitler became the chancellor of Germany in 19 January of 1933. Mm-hmm. And um, that same year, the first concentration camp was opened mm. in March 12. So now we're in 33. And then a lot of terrible, crappy shit happened. Adolf Hitler became the Fuhrer of Germany in August 1934. Mm. And when I say a bunch of terrible stuff, that means they were already starting to... The Holocaust. Yeah. They were already starting to take Jewish people, take you know their shops away, take everything away from them and sending mm-hmm. them off to concentration camps. That was camps and that was mainly happening in Germany. Mm-hmm. They were already uh, they were already starting to or? infiltrate Germany, mm-hmm. and then they started to move out. So the Nazi military mobilizes in 1938, and in 1939, so they've already broken the treaty like a long time ago. Like they remember they had the treaty. Yeah. Duff. Yeah. 1939, they start working with Italy and Soviet Union to take over European countries. They first invaded Czechoslovakia, then Poland, then Finland. And then at that point, Britain, France, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, all declared war on Germany. And the U.S. was like, Yo. The U.S. was like, well, they just elected um, Eisenhower, no. Franklin Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah Roosevelt. Roosevelt. And I think they were still being, they were still staying neutral at that point. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we're just going to, I don't know, wait and see what happens. <gasps> yeah. We're just over here. We're just over here. It's cool. This country just broke this treaty. They're yeah. doing these horrific things, but it's fine. It's all, yeah. It's so all it took them a little while, but they eventually got over there. So on April 9th, 1940, the Nazis invaded Denmark and Norway. That was April 9th. 
By May 10th, they invade, um, Nazis invade France, Belgium, Luxembourg, and the Netherlands. And Winston Churchill then became prime minister. Mm-hmm. 19, uh, May 15th, this is all 1940. May 15th, Holland surrendered to the Nazis. May 26th, there was an evacuation of Allied troops from Dunkirk. In May 28th, Belgium surrendered to the Nazis. On June 3rd, the Germans bombed Paris. On June 10th, Norway surrendered to the Nazis. And at that time, Italy declared war on Britain and France. You know, so June 10th was kind of like the day that I'm going to, that's where I'm going to stop. I'm just going to throw in real quick that a few days later, Germans entered Paris. We all know how things went down out there. It's have you ever been to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C.? No. I went. That's the, I might have mentioned this in a previous episode. I think I did that I went on spring break with a boyfriend. I told my mom I was going with a big group. We oh, went to Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. And we went to the Holocaust Museum. I think it was new, like had just opened or it was like maybe only a year open. Anyway, they give you a passport of a person. Oh, man. And then you kind of follow it through mm-hmm. um, that whole timeline that you were talking about. There's this one room, I'm sure a lot of people talk about it, but it's just shoes. Yeah. It's just a room of shoes. There's just all these. And it it wasn't like somber. It was like there was still kind of like this hope towards the end of the the whole thing. But it was uh, very sad. Yeah, I have a hard time with that stuff. I kind of tend to, especially when I was younger, I tend to like... I just, it just went too deep. I remember in mm. when I was in history class my senior year and we started covering Holocaust and I kind of watched a lot of it on my own yeah. being, as you know, when I was younger. And I remember I asked my teacher if I could step out for a few, because I would just cry. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to cry in front of everybody. Oh, yeah. No, I was in the museum in front of Perfect Street. It just, yeah, you just saw. And I, I mean, everyone's you, sobbing together. should see it. Everybody yeah. should see it and mm-hmm. they should witness it and they should feel it. Yes. Because it's, it's just insane how it even happened. I mean, it's just like, how can this even happen? Right. Well, it's, it's like a slow burn until it's out of control. And then... Yeah. You know, yep. that's why you have to fight that kind of stuff. Yeah. So this is this is where our story begins. Okay. Okay. It's like June 19. Not so much in that date. Just oh, okay, kind of okay, pick, okay. painting the, I got the background and we're focusing on Norway. Gotcha. So we're in Norway. They've surrendered to the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to pull away from that second for a second and talk about Norway. Okay. Which is so beautiful. Can we go there? Can we just go? It's just the Shit. most beautiful place. And by the way, I'm like like 10% Norwegian Are on you my really? ancestry. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely not. I mean, we know about ancestry. but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Brings all kinds of surprises. But that, Lots of surprises. But yeah, I, I don't know on like on which side or whatever. But, you know, I feel kind of bad because all of those countries up there... I'm all Mm -hmm. like up there in that one area and they're Mm -hmm. all kind of like long and they kind of hang out together. Mm -hmm. I can never remember which one. Norway, Sweden, Finland. Finland. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're going to now we're going to talk about Norway. Yeah. Sorry. Go. (laughs) You can look up a map while we're talking. Yeah, let's do that. Megan's going to look at a map while I talk so she can. Geography. Yeah, geography. Uh, Norway has a total area of 150 square miles and a population of over 5 million. And that's as of November 2020 it shares a long eastern border with sweden so it's like a thousand miles long that whole it's like a skinny country yeah it kind of just goes up on the side so norway is bordered by finland 
on the at the north and it kind of comes around and then Russia at the very far northeast. It's got the Skagerrak Strait to the south with Denmark on the other side. Oh, okay, I see. So you can it. see how it is. I mean, they're all. I mean, it's kind of confusing for us. Just like if we were like, when I'm like, yeah, I live in Oklahoma, and anybody not from the states are like, and you're trying to I describe that it's like a little pan on top of Texas. You're like, it's on top of Texas. Yeah, it's a pot on top of Texas. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I do understand European countries a little better, but you sure. know, I stared at maps a lot. Anyway, so Norway has an extensive coastline, as you're seen on the map it's huge Mm -hmm. it's facing the north atlantic ocean and the barents sea so it occupies this almost the same degrees of latitude as alaska but it has a slightly warmer climate because of this norwegian current i guess which makes it slightly warmer but it's still really freaking cold right they have those cool natural phenomenon like the midnight sun during the summer aurora borealis also known as the northern lights let's just say that beautiful as far as their biodiversity they have reindeer they have wolverines lemmings and other arctic animals that are found throughout norway they live you know in the mountains the elk are common um large coniferous forests Mm -hmm. and they have red deer are numerous numerous on the west coast 150 years ago large animals of prey were common Mm -hmm. but now like the bear the wolf the lynx are only found in a few areas so we kind of talked about that i love reindeer I love them. Well, then you're going to love this story. Oh, my God. Because they do come into play. Oh, excellent. So foxes, otters, and other species of marten um, are common. And so are badgers and beavers and things like that. But yeah, it's a really... If you just go Google Norway, just look at photos. It's just freaking beautiful. It's now on my bucket list. All right, let's go. Plus, I'm like 10% from there. Right. I'm 50% British and 25% Scottish and then some stuff and then... Norwegian. Norwegian. Random. Yeah. It is kind of close. I mean, to the United Kingdom. It's very close. Yeah. Which is why it really came into play in the war. So here's some interesting facts about wild reindeer. I love it. They are (laughs) (laughs) gray-brown. In case you wanted to know, wire-haired coat. The ones that are from Svalbard... How do you say that? S-V-A-L-B-A-R-D? Svalbard. Svalbard reindeer has a denser coat because it's probably more cold. Most important question, Jen, do they have red noses? It doesn't say. I'm going to assume so. Okay. So they're basically found in northern parts of Europe, Asia, North America, Svalbard. 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 Bard. I can't speak the language of my people. (sighs) Damn it. And Greenland. So domestic reindeer have been introduced on South Georgia. Oh, that, oh no, that's no, a different it's in Russia. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. So, Jen, there's another <laughs> like, Georgia. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sick of hearing about Georgia. Okay, that Georgia <laughs> yes. and Iceland. And Norway wild reindeer, which is the species, the scientific name is Rangifer tarandus. Tarandus. Like Jennifer, but Rangifer? Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you switch my name around. With Rangifer. I'm going to call you Rangifer. <laughs> Rangifer. <laughs> but I go by Jen, so they go by Range. Oh, there you okay. go. Smart. They're only found in the mountain areas in the south. In addition to wild reindeer and uh, mainly Norway, these other Svalbard, Svalbard, <laughs> Svalbard reindeer, mm-hmm. which have a different name. I'm not going to try and say it because sure. I'm not as well you know versed versed in latin as you are that they're also found on these islands svalbard (laughs) (laughs) god 
islands. So domestic reindeer are, are herded in large areas in northern um, Norway. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're diurnal. Uh, they live in herds. We know this. They're nomadic. And they travel very long distances and they run really fucking fast. Oh, that's fun. So, Like they run so fast they might be able to fly. <laughs> Faber <laughs> thought that was dumb. Um, they can live up to 18 years. And in Norway, they live largely in bare mountains. But certain wild reindeer need forested areas. It's a significant part of their habitat. And I think there's something going on and probably we could read more about that. But there's something going on with the Sami culture where people are like removing trees and areas where the reindeer need to live. And Uh. so there's they're having some issues. Cool article in National Geographic about the Sami people. And they are known as the people who walk with reindeer. Oh, but from what I can tell, they just run really fucking fast. (laughs) I don't know about walking with them. Yeah, Sami herders um, call their work something that I can't say. It translates to reindeer, reindeer, wa- reindeer walk off. <laughs> reindeer walk off. <laughs> Love and marriage. <laughs> so they follow the fast-paced animals on foot or on wooden skis. I like to go really fast on roller skates, right? I yeah. love it. I love mm-hmm. it. That just the idea of that for some reason is so frightening to me. <laughs> right. It looked awesome to me. I think because I grew up water skiing. So I'm like, right, and right. I like snow skiing. I just like my knees more. So I don't go. Sure. Because I know like at a certain point, at a certain age, you, you just, you just need to you need to stop. So oh, man, Jen, I can't tell you. The last time I went to a roller rink, I was in Hawaii. They had mm-hmm. opened up this rink for people to go skate in. Right. And it's not even like a wooden floor. It was called sport court. So it's like kind of plasticky, whatever. Uh-huh. Usually I wear knee pads mm-hmm. like all the time because mm-hmm. roller derby, you got to wear pads. I wasn't wearing any pads and I fell on my friggin' knees and I just kind of sat there. Like I didn't even bounce. It was just like, boom, like right on the ground. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, this is why I wear knee pads. And I got up and I was like, I don't think my knees will ever be the same again. I just don't know. I mean, there's so many people that they go skiing and then they need knee surgery because they did something stupid right and they tore some sort of ligament yeah ACL, MCL. and i'm like nope i'm good and plus i live on an island and there's no snow skiing right and so if i am going to travel anywhere it's not going to be to snow ski right well that's the one time you're, you're going to get a, a broken leg on your exactly vacation exactly yeah but i would go check out these sami people Reindeer. And the reindeer. And, and just, you would reindeer ski? You just kind of sit in a squat, right? I wouldn't reindeer ski. I would die because <laughs> they go so fast. But I want to see it. I want to see it. Maybe you could reindeer parasail. Ooh, I do like parasailing. So anyway, there's a little biology on the reindeers. I do love them. I also, when I went to Maine that one time, I was really hoping to see a moose. Mm-hmm. And we never did. Although I know moose are much larger than reindeer and way meaner, I hear. Crazier. Yeah. So this story is about a Norwegian war hero mm-hmm. called Jan Balsrud. I'm not saying it the way they do in Norway. But, but there's probably some kind of like phonetic thing. Right. The way they say it. One dialect. other thing I'm going to bring up is mm-hmm. that I watched all the episodes and seasons of Vikings. And <laughs> I freaking love that show. I'm just going to say that. I always tell my husband because he's a Pacific Islander and he loves that show that and he loves like, you know, these warriors and stuff. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, I'm probably a Viking. (laughs) I mean, that's my blood. It's Viking blood. So I'm pretty badass. Just saying. You're like. And the Norwegian thing, because a lot of them are in Norway. Yeah. Like the Vikings were there. And I'm like, 
just I showed him my percentages of my, <laughs> my You're like, look at ancestry. These percentages. I'm like, look at this. So Viking. And then he's like, I'm 100% Pacific Islander. Eat that. I'm like, I am a shield maiden. <laughs> so I'm just telling you right now. You know, don't mess around. I did watch a couple episodes of Vikings, but I kept falling asleep. It's not because it's boring. It's just because I would try to watch it at night. Travis Fimmel is... Which one is he? He's he's the main guy. He's Ragnar. Oh. And he's just so beautiful. There is there is also a parody show about Vikings. No, I don't <laughs> even want to know. I hate them. It's very funny. I hate them already. I'm I forget the name watching of it, it. but... I think I mistook it when you first told me about Vikings and I watched that and I was like, this is random. <laughs> <laughs> why would you like, watch why that? Why are you watching this parody well, show? Well, it's a history channel show. Yeah, so yeah. you can, but it's on Hulu. Right. You know, the other show that's kind of similar, well, not similar, but my mom always tells me to watch it. It's about that woman who travels back in time to like Scotland or whatever. Oh, Highlander? The Highlander. I've never no, watched that. Not Highlander. Isn't Highlander the one with like the sword and they cut off the heads? Oh, my God. God. damn it. I did used to watch the Highlander in like the 90s. That's the one where he has like a giant sword and he's got to go around cutting off the heads of other Highlanders or something. And he he like puts it up in the sky and the lightning comes down. Outlander. Outlander. Yes, the Outlander. My mom is always like, oh, you got to watch this show. And I tried really hard because that one dude is hot. That the redhead. I mean, I, I like never watched heads, it. But... I think we saw it pop up on Netflix and we mm-hmm. tried it and we were like, Meh. it was way too slow for me in the beginning. I got to see the abs within the first five minutes. <laughs> no, but you would. No, you need to just watch Vikings. Just stop everything and go watch it. Don't not my okay. right now. We'll finish sure, this. Sure, sure. And yeah, then yeah, tonight. Yeah. When, yeah later yeah. when we leave, you watch it. Perfect. You'll pass out in like three seconds. <laughs> watch it this weekend. I'll so, do it. I oh, okay. Anyway. I really want to go to Norway. And if anybody from Norway ever listens to our show, I hope you really like this story. So I'm just going to call him Jan from now on because I'm not good at saying his last name. But this is his amazing survival story where he spent almost four months in the wilderness while evading the Nazis. Oh, my God. And it's crazy. I mean, it's one thing to survive in the wilderness, in the mountains, in the snow. But it's a whole nother thing when you're being chased down by the SS. (laughs) Because there's freaking scary you know and they've already taken over all of norway so i wasn't sure what story i was going to do another story Mm -hmm. and i was reading about these other survival stories and this one popped up as one of the most insane did i already say this i don't think so oh it popped up as one of the most insane stories and i just couldn't get it out of my head and so when i was looking at it there's um, a film from 2017 called the 12th man it's on netflix i watched that before you watch vikings okay it's freaking good. The oh, 12th, my God. The 12th man. The 12th man. And it'll, you'll you'll understand why it's called that once I get into it. But the guy who plays Jan is Thomas Gulstad, I think. And he's just great. And then um, there's this the other guy. Um, he's an Irish actor. I think you will know. He's Jonathan Rice Mayers. Oh. Myers. Myers. Sorry. Jonathan Rice Myers. He was in Vikings. Yeah, he also, I think, didn't he? He was in Tudors. Yes, I saw him in Tudors. He played um, Henry VIII. Yeah, he plays Henry VIII in Tudors, but he's also in Vikings, and he's great. But he plays the SS officer who's kind of like hunting down Jan, and his name is Kurt Stage, which doesn't seem like a very, like, German Nazi name, but that's the name. No lie, that sounds like a porno name. (laughs) 
<laughs> but it's so not in the Kurt movie. Kurt stage. Kurt stage. <laughs> hey, ladies. That movie is great. I was like kind of getting into like fetal position rocking mode because I'm like, oh my God. And the end is so crazy. Anyway, watch it. I'm going to move on. Oh, this has totally come up as a suggested for me. I On Netflix? I recognize this cover art. Yeah. So I'm... I'm, I apologize because maybe a lot of people have seen this movie and they're like, great, thanks for telling us something we've already seen a million times. But I just don't see a lot of movies and I hadn't heard about it. But still, it's a really cool story. Jan was born on December 13th, 1917. And Christiana, which is now Oslo. So it's the capital of Norway. But I guess mm-hmm. it changed names sometime since he was born. I didn't look up the history of that, but Oslo. So he moved with his family. So he was married and he moved. It says with his family, I I feel like he had a daughter. Okay. But um, and they moved in the third in the early 30s to Kolbotten. I just murdered that. Kolbotten. It, it's a very small village <laughs> cool. in Norway. Um, he completed his military service and he became um, cartographical instrument maker. So he basically made instruments to make maps. That's cool. Yeah, super cool. His father did it too. So he must have like it passed down. That's a super cool profession in that particular time period because it's like very like that. Specialized. Yeah. Yes. And like super neat tools. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, man. So that was so he had just completed that and then the war broke out. That was around 1939, so Mm -hmm. it wasn't long after that. Norway, during the beginning of this, how they kind of were invaded, they wanted to stay neutral, but Britain wanted Norway to join in its blockade of Germany. The transport of British goods at cheap rates was going through Norway, but Norway was kind of reluctant. I don't know. They they just wanted to stay out of it, and because in World War I, they were able to stay neutral and stay out of it. So they were hoping that would happen again, but it didn't. Basically, Britain was like, no, 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 we're going to take over, you guys, because if we don't, Germany will. Right. And somehow that got pushed back. And so when British ships started going towards Norway, the Germans were already waiting because they caught, they somehow got intel that that was going to happen. So they went in and they were able to invade Norway first. And they did that on April 9th, as I mentioned earlier. So they were, Norway was completely unprepared. Um, like I said, they fought them off, uh, the Germans off for a good two months. And, mm-hmm. but it fell to the Germans. They basically, it looks like Germany invaded Norway for a couple of reasons because it was strategic, strategically located and they needed to secure some ice free harbors. And it was um, also to secure availability of iron from the mines in Sweden. And by mm. the way, Sweden was never invaded. Sweden stayed neutral. I guess Germany, when I kind of looked it up, they really had, they were, they were basically getting the iron from Sweden and they didn't want to use their resources to invade it. Another reason they were invading, well, I mean, all these countries was to reinforce their propaganda. Mm-hmm. of the Germanic Empire. Mm-hmm. And I haven't finished it yet, but there's also this thing called Levensborn. Uh-huh. And it was a SS or Nazi-initiated, state-supported, registered association in Nazi Germany. And the goal was to raise birth rate of Aryan children, you know, that racially pure, healthy, based on the uh, Nazi racial hygiene 
or health ideology. Sure. It was super creepy how they would measure kids, you know, people's faces. So they wanted, they had their idea of who was perfect. Perfect. Yeah. That was happening a lot in Norway. They actually, a lot of the countries, when they went outside of um, Germany, they would have like one facility. Norway had nine facilities. What is happening in those facilities? Well, they were basically encouraging women like Norwegian women that fit that profile profile to have babies with German soldiers or officers. And then a lot of times they would adopt those babies out. There's a whole, that's a whole nother thing. I won't go into it, but I would, if there's, I mean, look it up. It's just, and there's documentaries on it. Um, But anyway, so that, that was one of the reasons, you know, those are the reasons they moved into Norway. At that time, the Norwegian royal family fled to Britain. Mm-hmm. That was right before um, June 7th, so right before they surrendered. And with them, the rest of the government, National Treasury, everything just left. Wow. During that time, they just started kind of, kind of call those years the occupation years. So Jan escaped to Sweden. He joined the British in Stockholm, and they trained him on how to be a spy. Oh. So he made a few trips to Norway, but eventually he was caught on his fourth attempt. He was tried as a spy. But he only served three months in prison. And then he was like, they're like, okay, you can go. It seems like he was caught in Sweden somehow. Oh, okay. So maybe they were like, look, Like, stop. stop doing this. Yeah, we're trying to be neutral over here. Right. So he spent the next few months, like six months, and he traveled through Russia, India, South Africa, England. And eventually he was in Scotland again. March... 24th, 1943, this was kind of like a big operation. They were going to do him and 11 others. So he was the 12th man, Megan. I see now. They boarded a fishing boat and set off for Norway. This is going to go horribly awry. Uh, Yeah. I can feel it. So there are two parts to this mission. One was to destroy a German air control tower. The other was to recruit more Norwegian resistance fighters. So they were going to like, we're going to blow some shit up and we're going to bring back some other people to help us out you know, to train, right? Sweet. They went and they were supposed to meet a resistance fighter contact. So they had a name of somebody. But in this very horrific twist of fate, they ended up talking to the wrong guy. And in the movie, they were like, the name we had, and they asked about this other contact and it's like, he's dead. But they talked to this shopkeeper. And some reports said that maybe he was a German imposter. They're not sure. But that guy just freaking called the Gestapo and were like, hey, this is Mm. happening. So he routed them out. This guy was definitely either he was either German or he was part of, you know, because also Germany had recruited Norwegian, you know, fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so he might have been like undercover working for the Germans. That's a bad twist of fate right there. That is a bad twist of fate. So once they figured this out that it was going to fail, they were like, oh, my God. So what they did was they got all the explosives they were going to use to blow up that um, tower. Mm-hmm. And they put all the things in the cargo hole. And they they were like, let's just blow it all up and jump off the boat. The next morning, that was their plan. Like, Because they had a dinghy. Oh, okay. There's, I'm just imagining that they're like, all right. <laughs> there's like one guy down there setting the fuse. They're all going to jump. They like light it. They're all on the deck. They like light it. And they all just jump off the boat like freaking diehard no, style. No, they had, they had, so, okay, so sorry. Yeah, they had like a small boat. <laughs> okay. But the problem, and, and they're like, it's winter, it's March, mm-hmm. right? 
but it's super cold. There's snow everywhere. The 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 water is freezing. Unfortunately, this German patrol ship just like cruised up. They tried to blow up the boat. They jump in the dinghies. But what happened is the Germans opened fire on them and they killed one guy who went down with the boat. And then mm. the 10 remaining, or sorry, there were 11 of them that well swam to shore. 10 of them were dragged to the shore by the Gestapo. Jeez. And Jan was able to hide behind some rocks and he wasn't seen immediately like right away he wasn't seen so all the other 10 so one died during the whole thing Mm -hmm. 10 were taken and then there's Jan and then Jan he was able to get away but they saw that some of the paperwork from the boat and they knew there were 12 guys oh no and they did actually see him running at some point at the time you know he was like 25 years old he was training to go what He's so young. He's so young. Yeah. So he'd been preparing during his training. He had prepared for underwater demolitions. Uh-huh. They think that's how he was able to because the, the water was like icy cold and he swam for a while to kind of get away from these guys. Dang. Um, but they went out looking for him because they knew there were 12 guys. They only had 11, 11. counted for. Mm-hmm. When they were out looking for him, he they saw him running. And oh, and the other thing is he was missing a boot and a sock when he got up from the boat. So he only had like one shoe and he's running in the icy snow. And he was already like soaked from being in the water. So they chased after him, some German soldiers, and he did have a gun with him and he was able to shoot one dead. But unfortunately they shot at him and shot his foot, the one that didn't have a boot. So shot his like toe, his big toe. So he was injured from that. He was came out of the water. Then he's running around. He doesn't have a shoe. And so he was able to go to these people's house. And he saw this little 10 year old little girl outside. And I'm sure and he looked real, probably pretty scary. Her and her family had fled when they heard the boat explode. And they'd gone up to this other house. But anyway, he found them, um, her and her cousin. And they brought him to the parents yeah so they walked in with this guy who's like soaking wet and frozen and with a shot foot this 10 year old at the time her name was um dog i don't know if i'm saying this right d-a-g-m-a-r dogmar Dogmar. i read this article from 2016 Mm -hmm. and she was 80 something and i'm talking about this oh my god and she just well he's a hero to everybody so she spoke very fondly this could have gotten the whole family killed if they decided to help him Mm -hmm. but they didn't care because norwegians yeah they were like look we're gonna do this and we'll see that throughout the whole story oh that's great that they fucking hated the ss being there i mean who wouldn't you know and they were like well you know what we got to do what we got to do we got to stick together so they got him dry clothes dry socks you know, got him warmed up, gave him food. And, you know, they're like, okay, we need to figure out how to get you to Sweden because you need to go. He needs to go back to Sweden and where it's neutral and get back to the British troops. So this is totally reminding me of this Mads Mikkelsen movie called Polar. Mm-hmm. You know who Mads Mikkelsen is? He played Hannibal. He's this uh, Danish. I think he's Danish. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think he's Danish actor. Um, he's such a beautiful man. Anyway, he is like an ex-spy in this movie. And mm-hmm. somehow through the winter, he like survives. And it's anyway, just making me think of that. He gets shot a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this guy, what he went through. So people around tried to 
hide him. Like mm-hmm. everybody tried to help him. Even a midwife was had offered to hide him on her upstairs, disguising him as a woman in labor. And he's <laughs> like, I'm good. He's like, no, no, no. And he really, you know, he didn't want anybody to get in trouble over him or get caught over right. him because he felt like I'm just a soldier. I, I mean, his whole thinking was like, I will never, ever speak of it. I'll never talk about any of these people, no matter what happens. I'm oh, not. Wow. Because he did, the last thing he wanted was for anybody to pay a price mm-hmm. for, you know, keeping him alive. There, there were a lot of people that protected him along the way. You know, his feet were really, especially the foot that he didn't, he got shot and he didn't mm-hmm. have the boot was very frostbitten. They gave him, there was a fisherman who gave him new boots they gave him a pair of skis and they took him on a boat. They even like carried him out of the water onto the shore. What? And they're like, okay, you should be able to, with your skis and all this stuff, you should be able to get across the mountain to get over Sweden. to Sweden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He started this climb trek. Journey. Journey. It was crazy. Climbing this 3,000 foot mountain and he was in the, he was going to cross over into Sweden that way. There's two things here that I'm not sure exactly which one actually happened because when I read the story, um, this part didn't happen. But in the movie, basically the SS, the Gestapo, they they're looking for him. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, it's like this one German officer, the one that I mentioned earlier, Kurt Stage. Kurt Stage, yeah. <laughs> So in the movie, the SS, and this is a real guy. He was really there. Right. Kurt Stage, the the In the stories that I looked up, they don't really really talk about him. They just said, Mm -hmm. yeah, the Nazis were definitely looking for him. Mm -hmm. But in the movie, it's like this one guy, this officer is just determined because he doesn't want to report back to his, you know, you know, commanding officer, commanding officers or whoever those assholes were that uh-huh. he didn't find them. Like he doesn't want that to come back on him. Right. He wants the job done and he's just like super determined. So in this movie, there's a plane flying over when he's on his skis and trying to get, you know, over to Sweden mm-hmm. and they're shooting at him. Mm. And that causes an avalanche. In the movie, the shooting Causes an avalanche. Yeah. But in the stories I read, it's just like he was out there. And there was an avalanche. And there was an avalanche. And so they say, regardless of how the avalanche started, he fell like 300 feet back down the mountain. Shut the front door. Yeah. You know, and he was crushed by this. I mean, hello. It's an an avalanche. avalanche. People die. He didn't die. And in the movie, it's so good. I mean, he's just, but he's hurt. Mm -hmm. A real bad. So not only was everything gone, like his food, his skis, boots, all of it, he was super injured because he was crushed. Dude. He had been kind of developing a kind of a snow blindness because it's not like he had some sweet shades. Right. You know? He didn't have any Oakleys? Yeah. He was, his eyes were already burning from the glare from the snow, but this just made it worse. So, and he was concussed and I mean, it was real, real bad. So then he's just like real effed. He's hallucinating. He can barely see. And he wanders around for four days. Four days. And he's just like, like losing his mind. He's super (laughs) hurt. His foot is already just jacked jacked up, right? And he ends up reaching this village. And I cannot say this. It's like Furuflatten. F-U-R-U-F-L-A-T-E-N. That's a Furuflatten. 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 <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty cool, right? That was pretty good the way you just said it, yeah. I think. I so believe it. 
Thank you. So he stumbled <laughs> to this house, all cr- super crazy. Just jacked up. And it was the home of this, a family home for this resistance fighter oh my God. called Marius Gronville. I imagine like he's... how? I imagine he's like, okay, he's like practically blind, probably just like blood things happening on his body. He's just and he's jacked. And he's like dragging his foot behind him. He can maybe barely a walk. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Eeyore Four style. Days. Oh my God. And he, he happens upon a house of people who are, who are like, in the resistance. we're going to help you. So that was a real lucky. Yeah. And the other crazy thing is, is there were German soldiers stationed at the schoolhouse right next to where their house was. Oh my I mean, God. I don't know how close in proximity, but despite how risky it is. The, <laughs> close enough that, that he could have stumbled there. He could have stumbled to the freaking yeah. schoolhouse. <laughs> like, hey, guys. And they're like, what? And yeah. they're like, oh, you're that guy. Right? Yeah. They didn't talk about it in the articles that I read, but in the movie, and mm-hmm. it totally makes sense that these, all the 10 guys who were captured, they were tortured. Some tortured to death. Right. The ones that weren't tortured, that, that didn't die from the torture, they were all executed. Yeah. Of course, because they were trying to get information about where this guy was and what the, their mission and whatever they knew, but none of them mm-hmm. gave up any information. Yeah, they were hardcore. So I forgot to mention that earlier, but not only did they kill all 10 of those guys, they were in like heavy pursuit for him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the fact that he stumbled to the right house was very lucky. Oh my God. So super risky for them, but they basically took him, they put him in the barn mm-hmm. and, you know, tried to clean him up as best as they could and let him recuperate for four days there. You know, they fed him and gave him some new clothes. Like, and they were just trying to get him to a level that he was okay so they could move him somewhere else because it was too risky mm-hmm. to keep him there for too long. They just threw him in a bunch of hay. They did. They're like, just just freaking stay here. Well, and at some point, and I did read this, and it said in the movie, like the officers came and they kept going to everybody's house and every farm and looking for him and he managed to not get found. Can you imagine how scary life was back then? I could never be in an organization. Uh, well, I mean, beside the fact that I'm not, I, there's nothing about Nazi idealism ideas that I agree with in any way whatsoever, but I couldn't be in an evil organization like, I'm too lazy on some levels. Like, okay, there's an avalanche. They're probably are like, they got to go look <laughs> through the whole avalanche. to see. I would be like, you know what? He's dead, you guys. Let's just move on. Well, the other officer was doing that. He was like, I'm sure he never survived that. He died. They're, well, first they were like, he didn't survive the water. And well, then yeah. when they think they saw him, they're like, well, there's no way he survived that avalanche. Yeah. Like, no way. I, I would I would definitely... And so they were calling him like a ghost, you know, because he, right. he kept surviving and kept showing up. I'm telling you, you guys got to watch that movie Polar. It's just like that. But it, there's some graphic sex in it. I'm glad so. to know you could never be part of an evil empire. <laughs> you know, I couldn't even... I mean, I'm even thinking about, like, uh, freaking space balls, you know, like, <laughs> like they're combing the desert, you know, like, literally. Yes. I like, I just, I would be like, no, they're not here. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't have time for that. It's too hard. I got to eat lunch. I need I'm to take hungry. a nap. Yeah. Can I go pee? That, that's, you know, that's how you know people are evil, right? Yeah. They're, they're just su- like too motivated. Super motivated. We could never be evil. No. Anyway. Takes too much motivation. Yeah. So Marius, the resistance fighter, mm-hmm. was like, we're going to help this guy. And so he, he recruited some others, resistance fighters, and they were going to help Jan. Um, they needed to put him on a stretcher. Cool. Because he couldn't walk. Right. He was jacked up. So they're going to put him on a stretcher. And listen, 
They were going to sneak him past the Germans, uh-huh. put him in a rowboat, take him across this river, lake, a fjord. Fjord. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. And and they were just going to be like, yeah, we're just fishing. What? So it was like going to look like they're just fishing. So they wanted to get him to the other other side and then try to like put him on something to pull him over the the mountain. But it turned out it was like too steep and too hard to do with the stretcher. It really hurt, was hurting him. Like he was getting, it wasn't good. <laughs> so then they're like, okay, let's just put him in this little house shack in the middle of nowhere, like mm-hmm. a fishing shack. And we'll just leave him here because we got to go back. And we got to build like a legit sled. Yeah. So we can really pull him. And so they put him in this little shed and he, this guy, Marius, this awesome guy went back and he talked to this local school teacher who was also a carpenter Mm -hmm. to make this sled like real fast. Right. And considering that he was a school teacher and all the Germans were at the school. Oh my God. Yeah. All right. I forgot. They were having to be like super sneaky. So he built it, but he built it in pieces so that way they could assemble it. So he was like, okay, this is how you're going to put it together. So when you get to the other side of the lake, right. the fjord, then you're going to put it all together. Right, right, right. So they did this. With so like, With like Ikea instructions? Yeah, it was basically like, I- <laughs> oh my God. No, I'm sorry. Watch the movie. It's totally like Ikea. Like, yeah. Did they just have like one, they have like one Allen wrench? <laughs> they didn't need anything. They just had a hammer and some pieces of like pegs. <laughs> where they had left him in that small shed it was like six feet by nine feet super small like, like a little cell yeah like ice it was, block they just he was on a wooden platform he couldn't walk but they within reach that he had like food water he had this little tiny pen knife and he had a bottle of homemade hard liquor which <sighs> come on that's all you need. done and done yeah and he would joke around with them that he called it the Hotel Savoy because he had been in England and he was like, this is the bit, this is good. And that's really he funny. joked around. He was like, you know, really thankful to them. I like him a lot. Yeah. No, I mean. He's like keeping the humor he alive. He seems like he's just really thankful for the yeah, help, I think. Yeah. They were like, OK, we're going to come right back. But unfortunately, there was a storm and he was there for five days in this little shack. During that time, he was kind of like losing his shit because not only was he just super beat up, but also his foot, yeah, was the was so frostbitten and where had been injured already was Uh, starting to gangrene. Gangrene was setting in, and so he basically was like, "I'm getting," you know, he had a fever. He knew he was getting sick. He knew the infection was spreading, so he had that little pen knife. So Is it about to be 127 hours action? By himself, he <sighs> decided he was going to take off his toe. He actually took off his big toe uh-huh. and the next the next one, the one next to it. Your, your like pointer toe? <laughs> your pointer toe. <laughs> I don't know what that's He called. took them off himself because he said they needed to bleed. They, you know, like it needed to bleed and it needed to heal. Yeah, yeah. Because it was getting all black. Gross. Yeah. It's like. This little piggy went to market. This little piggy went home, right? Yeah. Those two. Those two. Shit. The market and the going home one. So he did that. When they came back, they were like, dude, we're so sorry. This took a while. They looked at his foot. They're like, holy shit, you just cut off your toes. They're like, good job, man. They're like, 
<laughs> they're they like wrapped, better you than us right so they wrapped him up so they these they came in they had the sled they were able to get him up the steep uh mountainside so they got uh-huh. him to this on the mountain there was like this little rock overhang uh-huh. but it was still like open to all the elements and they were like okay you wait here because there's another group that are going to come get you from here like today you know like so just like we just called them on their cell. Yeah. They're on the way over. We ha- well, they had made a plan that this <laughs> other group of resistance fighters yeah. were going to come and get him. Unfortunately, five days later, they heard that guy who was supposed to get him was like, we looked and we couldn't find him. Shit. And he was like, no, it's there. And they're like, said the name of it. And they're like, oh, we went to this other place. Jesus. And they're like, oh, my God, he's dead. That's it. <laughs> like, he's he's going to die. There he is, like on a side of a mountain. He can't move. He's on a stretcher. He's just there. How is he go? Okay, this is maybe not like the nicest question. How is he going to the bathroom, Jen? Ugh, I they don't. Cover I don't it. think he even cares at that point. I mean, do, yeah. What do you do? You just poo on yourself. I mean, I'm feeling so bad for him because it's like, yeah. All the shit that can go wrong. So this is where things are just like, you're like, really? Really? You guys went to the wrong rock? You went to the wrong rock. So, and he's just still kind of losing his mind here, right? I lose my mind when I have to wait more than 10 minutes for something. Yeah. You know, like someone's like, hey, we're going to meet, like a meeting at work or something, right? We're going to meet at three o'clock and it's like 3.02 and not everyone is on the call yet. I'm like, we're... I start to get panicky. I know. This would not have been a good thing for you. Oh, God. So so he 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 got real hopeless during this time. And he oh, actually yeah. had a gun with him, but it was frozen. Oh. And also he was so weak, he couldn't even pull the trigger. You know, and when the rescuers did finally show up, mm-hmm. he was like, just leave me. It's better. I'm just dead. Right. And yeah. so they say when they found him, he was he was like the snow had packed all around him. So he was just inclo- encased in snow. I wonder if that would be kind of a good thing or not. I mean, I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot about snow, but you know how when when igloos are made, it's like the actually the packing of the snow around you makes you warmer somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It like shields you from the elements. Yes. So I'm wondering. Maybe. Is that a situation? Uh, maybe Well, not. They, they did put him. I mean, he did have a lot of blankets and stuff on him, sure. but it didn't. I just can't imagine <laughs> this poor guy. And I mean, no food, nothing. And the people who took him there in the movie anyway were just like freaking the hell out. Like they were just like, oh, my God. Maybe, so, maybe this is an obvious question, but why didn't one person stay back with him? Couldn't you make up something like, hey, we're going on a hunting trip. I'm going to be gone for two days. Well, they just thought that those other people came and got him already. I so mean, they I think... just figured he's already... They thought by that time he was already in Sweden and he was fine. Sure. They had. They just had no idea that this would I'm have happened. I'm just wondering why someone didn't stay back until those people showed up. Yeah. Like, all right, you know. And then they don't show up by a certain time. And they're like, okay, let's let's send some, you know, word over to them. Right. Shit. So, so the other guys finally come and they put him on the sled. But the mm-hmm. problem is, is that <laughs> there was a blizzard. So they had to go back. <laughs> what the fuck? And they had to put him back. And he's super pissed off. So then wait, after wait, that. Wait, 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 wait. They put him back where they put he him just back. was. Yeah, they put this, him back. Like he's having a yeah. like, spiral of depression. Yes. 
with under the fr- like on the side of a mountain. So they put him back, and then but it was like only a short time, and then they put him back on the sled, and then they took him, I guess, to another village, and but then eventually to this other cave, which was bigger, mm-hmm. and they they were just like, you, we have to wait here, we have to wait till it's safe to go. Jeez. And he stayed there for twenty seven days. Oh my god. All these people that had, they had like a system mm-hmm. and it was never the same people. It was like different people would come and try to bring him food, but it would be like every few days they would bring him food. I mean, he was just, and he was really out of it, like super out of it. During his weeks there, apparently he, and it's not clear if he did it or other people were able to do it for him, mm-hmm. but they had to amputate all the rest of his toes. Oh, no. Because they were just so frostbitten. There was this local farmer, Nils Nilsson, which is so cute. Nilsen. And he had skied 40 miles to Sweden and and back um, to get more help. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, people did a lot. And one of the things he did was he arranged for this um, local indigenous people this tribe they were they're called sami mm-hmm. and they were going to basically transport him with his sleigh they attached him to a reindeer oh shut up to because they would take their herds of reindeer back and forth yeah and so they basically they put him on his sleigh and they're like okay they hooked him up to the strongest fastest reindeer and they had their whole herd and they just like freaking flew across the mountains and the border with him. And he and he only weighed like 80 pounds at this point. Jesus. Like he was nothing. He was just like, you know. Was the strongest, fastest reindeer named Rudolph? Let's say it was because I don't know. I believe it, this is actually the story of Santa Claus. It could be. Somehow. But he basically, so he made it by June 1st. So March 29th, when it first went down to June 1st. So he made it across to Sweden. Like I said, he was just a shell of a man by then. It took him six months in a hospital in Sweden to basically recover. Mm -hmm. And he lost all his toes. And he had to recover from that. He had to learn how to walk again. He had to regain his eyesight. And listen to this. Once he was better, Mm -hmm. he went back in as a soldier. And he started training recruits. I don't want to ever hear about heel spurs. I know, right? (laughs) So, yeah, it was crazy. So he went back and trained more resistance fighters. And eventually he returned to Norway to fight some more until he saw his country liberated in 1945. For his loyalty and service, he was uh, Norway awarded him the St. Olaf's Medal with an oak branch, which I guess is a, we can, not Olaf. I see. Is it Olaf? <laughs> <laughs> you already know what I'm thinking. I'm like, know. did he also get a warm hug? <laughs> <laughs> so and then um, he was also appointed an honorary member of the Order of the British Empire, which I guess is a really big deal. And he's actually like has there's like a thing after his name, like MBE, like oh. member of the British Empire. It's like a thing. Nice. It's like a really big deal. Yeah. Did he get a fancy hat? He sh- he should have got all the things, mm-hmm. all all the things. He was involved um, afterwards with uh, I guess contributions to the local scout and football associations, and was a big part of the Norwegian Disabled Veterans Union. He ended up remarrying um, a wealthy American. Oh, 
And he ended up staying in the Canary Islands for a long time. Oh, that's cool. But in his final years, he went back to Norway. Um, He was in his 70s, and he fell, fractured a hip, and they found a cancerous tumor. He died in 1988 from that. So his last wish was to be buried in the fjords in the village of Mandel, which is where he was rescued or where he was when... The place with mm -hmm. the school and the house. Yes. He wanted to be alongside the grave of... um, I'm going to probably miss Aslak Fosfol. It's a Norwegian resistance leader who who had visited him when he was at the cave. Oh, wow. But that guy died of diphtheria like not long after he had helped him. But oh. I guess it's just like Jan always thought of him and uh, the whole crew. Like through the, if you kind of watch the movie and even I think um, there's a book, I'll mention the title of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's constantly thinking about other crew members and the people who helped him. Mm-hmm. He never wanted to talk about what he did or what he went through or how he survived this, but he just wanted to honor the people who helped him. I know that's not like super detailed and crazy, but it is pretty crazy. I mean, just to think about all the things he survived. Just the cold Mm -hmm. by itself. Then swimming and... Being freezing. Freezing water. Having your toe shot off. Somehow making it. Then an avalanche. Surviving an avalanche just in and of itself. Like, that doesn't happen. That's crazy. Yeah, he fell 300 feet. And then being on the side of a mountain on a stretcher, losing all of your toes for a month. He was like, for a month in a cave on the side of a mountain. I just can't. It's just hard to imagine. Right. I mean, he wouldn't have made it if it weren't for all the people who were trying to help him. But still... Mm -hmm. I don't feel like most people would have survived. Made it. Well, you have to have some, I think you have to have something inside of you. Yes. That's what I mean. So yeah, you have to, it's a a mental, it's, it's a mental toughness that I feel like not too many people have. Right. And I think, I think that whenever you see people who survive those kinds of situations, uh, they also have, like you were saying, he was, he was kind of humorous about some things. Yeah. And there's something about that. Like if if you're able to be in a horrible situation and still still find joy in something or humor, maybe you're going to have a better chance of surviving. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about, I feel like a lot of these survival stories, it's just that person that they just have that, mm-hmm. they have that thing you need to make it. Yeah. yeah. So there was a book that I think it was originally... Um, published in 1955. It's called We Die Alone. It's a a World War II epic of escape and endurance. It's written Mm -hmm. by David Hawthorne, but also uh, Jan contributed. He was a contributing author. So it's it would probably be really interesting. I don't know if it's on Audible. I know it's been kind of republished several times. Right. You can check that one out. So I wanted to talk real quick about the Sami people who took him across the border. And I'm telling you in the movie, With the reindeer. Insane. Well, first of all, I'm like, these people just, the way they dress is so beautiful and they just look awesome. And then they have all these reindeer. I can't, it's hard. I can't, you just need to watch it. So they're indigenous to the northern parts of Norway, Sweden, Finland, and the Kola Peninsula. And they've been around forever. Their ancestral lands are in Volga region, which is present day Russia. They have their own, you know, traditional language and the Sami languages. 
So they have some different livelihoods like coastal fishing, fur trapping, and sheep herding. But their best known means of livelihood is to be a semi-nomadic reindeer herding. All right. Listen. So, Jen, I've seen Frozen, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm looking at a picture now of the kind of attire. Uh-huh. And it is very much like... Uh, what's his name in the movie? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hans? No, Hans is the bad guy. All right. So I think it's Kristoff is who you're thinking of. So Yes. He, yeah. And then the reindeer is... Sven. Sven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Like the song. Yeah. Reindeers are better than, than people. People. Yeah. yeah. That one. So yeah, I never... I wasn't... Actually, I've seen Frozen a million times because I have right. two little girls, but... I didn't really connect, make that connection. Well, in the second, in the second Frozen, there's an indigenous peoples up the hill from the kingdom, right? And their clothing is very similar as well. It's and also their facial features. Yeah, and and they are they're you know there are lighter uh, and darker skin colors in their tribe. Yeah. And yeah, I'm almost positive that this is that's probably yeah what they're probably what it, Disney but, was basing off. But they didn't say. Well, anyway, they yeah. just seem like the coolest. Yeah. And you need to watch that. I would. I want to see. I want to learn more about them. But just mm-hmm. watch the movie. Watch the end. So this is the foundation that we are gonna donate to. Yes. So it is. Um, I think it was established in around 2015. And it's basically, um, you can adopt a reindeer. Oh, what? so it's a it's a nonprofit that save a rain saves reindeer and the Sami culture. That's cool. But wait, are they numbered the reindeer? Just hang on. For <laughs> thousands of years, the Sami people have cared for reindeer for native reindeer, and it's part of their way of life. The reindeer depend on the Sami to care for them, but now the Sami reindeer herders are dwindling in numbers, oh. and that threatens the culture of the reindeer. So now you can adopt a reindeer. It's at Adopt a Reindeer Foundation. And underneath it just says, yeah, support the indigenous Sami culture. And so we're going to put that on. It's adoptareindeer.org. That's super cool. So not only are you like going to be able to adopt your own reindeer and name it whatever you want. Reindeer 141. Or? (laughs) Rudolph. Or you can name it Sven. Really? Would you rather have Reindeer 141 or Sven? Come on. Give me a break. Anyway, so so yeah, Megan and I are going to adopt a reindeer and we're going to name it Sven or maybe something else, but not a tag number. 3.15. No, it's not happening. <laughs> that is my story. I feel like I should have talked more about the Sami people, but I don't know that much about them. I was just learning from this. And, yeah. But I feel like it's something that, you know, hopefully I sparked some curiosity in some people and you'll go learn about it. I swear I have seen some YouTube videos of Sami people cooking different dishes or maybe it was on TikTok. Oh God, TikTok. I'm almost positive that there is um, a Sami person who's cooking different like traditional dishes Mm -hmm. because it was like there were like these different houses kind of yeah there was like the cook house and the sleep house and whatever i'm gonna i'm gonna learn more yeah because i really wasn't i i when i was reading the story about jan i wasn't really thinking so i hadn't seen the movie yet mm -hmm. so i wasn't 
I had no idea that this was part of it. Right. I was just looking at his story and about how he survived all this crazy stuff and all the people that helped him. And, you know, yeah, yeah. it's just a really, I mean, it's a really unbelievable story. Yes. But when I watched the movie and then as I read more into it, I was just like, what? Who are these people? Who yeah. are these amazing people with their reindeer? So now I just want to know more. Yeah. But I'll, I'm going to do that on my own. But hopefully... Some others out there will go check it out because yes. so cool. That is super cool. Yeah. So that is my story, my survival story with a little bit of history. And um, so Megan. Yes, Jen. What would you pack if, uh, well, I mean, how would you prepare for this if you had to pack something in your emergency preparedness kit? Sure. Yeah. Um, so definitely there are things that come to mind immediately like steel toe boots. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> in like kind of a similar uh, way of like, you know, chicken boots, like how we're talking. It would just, you just need that. You need footwear. You need some solid footwear. Solid so footwear. I heard that you shouldn't wear steel toed boots in the snow because it just gets too cold. Oh, that kind of makes sense. The steel. So maybe you would want. Maybe you would want, I, I wonder if you could have the steel toe, but then like layers of wool, uh, like, yeah. Something. Something. But also between. make sure they're laced like real tight real so they tight. don't fall off. Don't let them, I mean, part of me is like, what was he wearing? Loafers? Like, how did they just just fall off? That freaking sucks. Who knows? Um. So yeah, there's that. But I definitely think we're missing a St. Bernard in this story. Like there needs to be a St. Bernard with one of those like ale canisters around his neck yes yeah wait where do saint bernards because they like rest well i mean i just saw them like cartoons and stuff they rescue people in the snow they really do yeah but where where is that where are saint bernards like where do they come from where's that start we need to know these things i wasn't even thinking of that i mean i love saint bernards but i still get freaked out from cujo so they Switzerland. Yeah, they're, they originated in Switzerland and Italy. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we need. That's what... Well, maybe they were over the border in Switzerland. Well, I feel like any big mountain dog that can carry the the ale around the neck. Yeah. And then, you know, they keep you warm. They keep you warm. And at least you'd have some company when you're stuck on the side of a mountain for a month. Someone to talk to. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's a really good idea. St. Bernard for sure. Yeah, not just any kind of alcohol. So here it is. Legend tells that St. Bernard's carried barrels of whiskey around their neck to aid stranded travelers. In order to help travelers, an Augustine monk named St. Bernard de Menthon founded a hospice and monastery around the year 1050. Oh, there we go. That's amazing. They were bred for rescue. Yeah, that's what you need. You need a St. Bernard with a pint of whiskey. Done deal. Done and done. Thank you. And a really good scarf. I'm glad we've added <laughs> some sort of dog to our emergency preparedness kit because I feel like you should always have one. Well, yeah, we already have four cats in there. Oh, I Remember? forgot about the four cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a fiasco. That's a lot. It's a but lot. I could see a St. Bernard being into like just chilling out with cats. Oh, totally. Yeah. They could ride around on his back. Oh, my God. Yeah, but not on Guam. Not on Guam. You know, sometimes I've seen people who have like huskies here uh, and they leave them outside. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing to that dog? Yeah. Like, please, God. Just go open a freezer and let it lay inside. <sighs> For real. Because it needs to be in where it's cold. Yeah. Yeah. It's too hot here. Way too hot. Yeah. 
I mean, it's too hot for Saber, and he barely has hair. Yeah, well. It's all the fat. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a layer. He's got, he's got a layer of blubber. He could be your rescue dog. Oh, yeah, he could. So, well, yeah, great pick. Mm-hmm. I'm happy mm-hmm. you added a dog and... Um, whiskey. And some whiskey. Yeah. Uh, he definitely... You know, when you got to cut off all your toes, you need some whiskey. <laughs> you need some whiskey. Fun story, Jen. Oh. I have a very good roller derby friend who was in a motorcycle accident. And she's amazing. I love her. And she said that, you know, she was in the accident. She kind of like just kind of rolled up and stood up after the accident. Uh And then she found her toes. (gasps) Yeah. So she's missing... She's missing her one little piggy goes to market, one little piggy stays home on... I think it's her right foot. I could be wrong. Really? But she skated. Yeah. all. I mean, we skated together for like four years and... She never had two of her toes that whole time. Wow. It's crazy. Does she have to put something in her shoe to kind of give her balance? I always wondered, but no, yeah. Nope, she just... That's amazing. I know. I guess you just, like, he had to learn to walk without his toes. Right. So So I guess it's just a matter of how you balance yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's a great skater, too, so... See there? Yeah. You can do it. You can do it. Wow, that's that's cool. It's a fun story. I also had an uncle who fell out of a barn when he was young and he got gangrene and they had to amputate his arm. And then he ended up being a studio musician playing uh, the trumpet on Percy Sledge's When a Man Loves a Woman. Wow. Yeah. Jack Peck. Never give uh, up, folks. Never give up. Doesn't matter if you lose some toes or some limbs. Get that gangrene. No worries. Just keep trucking along. Don't let it ever hold you back. Yeah. That's amazing. Crazy. All right. So I guess if that's all, don't forget... To go and rate, review, share with a friend, subscribe, subscribe, do all that stuff. Tell us about it. Yes, and and get some free stuff. We'll send you a sticker. If you write that haiku, we'll send you two stickers. Seven. Or seven. To match the haiku. Right. We'll send you, what is it, 575? Yeah. (laughs) 17 (laughs) stickers. We'll send you 17 (laughs) stickers you can share with your friends. (laughs) Yeah. So if that doesn't motivate you, I don't know what does. Man. We got some stickers and we also have some merch for the contest. So now you you have some more time. So let us know. Thanks for listening. Anywhere you get podcasts, we're there. Yes. Or check out our website. Yep. And until then. Don't die out there. Bye. Bye. Bye.